Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. You know, tonight I'm praying, as you heard your pastor say, that it won't just be another Sunday night, it'll be just a moment that throughout your life you'll look back on and go, God shifted something. I've been in more meetings than you could ever count. I grew up in a church. I was one of eight children. You had no excuse. We had to be in church in the morning and at night. And even as a little boy, I didn't hear much, but I knew how to crawl under the pews and find the older ladies that had mints in their purses. And then mum would have lollies as well to keep us eight kids quiet. And that was church. But I've been in church most of my life. And about four years ago, some of you know this, but God tapped me on the shoulder. We're a part of a church in New Zealand. We started 28 years ago and our prayer has been, God, would you do something that we've never seen before? God, would you do something in the nation of New Zealand? That would cause your name to be glorified. God, could we be part of something that would see an answer to a world that's been crippled by a lie? Could you use us, not that gifted, but completely willing? And about four years ago, it was like God tapped us on the shoulder and we'd seen breakthrough after breakthrough because to be honest, I've never felt adequate for what God wanted to do with me. I got 38% in English and if You told me back then I was going to write books. I've written four books. I've just finished another one. And yet God said, if if you come with me, it's possible. Not just if you believe in me, but if you come with me. Everything becomes possible. And so here I am every stage of the way going, God, I, I don't know if I can do this, but if you want it, You want us to start a church with three kids under five, leave a nation we love? Not feel like we're gifted to do that? If you want it, we're in. Still got pictures of us walking through Auckland Airport. I had hair back then. And just knowing what we were feeling, it's like we just said, yes, God, that's all we've got. And so as we've said, yes, God's shown us that we've got the giftings On the inside that are needed, we've got the empowerment. If God calls you, you can. And so every step has been a step. And then we've gone, okay, God, you're with us. And yet four years ago was a tap on the shoulder going, hey, Paul, I want you to get out of the driver's seat. I want you to get out of the place of control. But I've grown up, God, going, I can't be the driver. And then you said, take the seat. Kind of like... Somebody who's teaching younger people or other people to drive. Remember the cars? Some of them had two steering wheels for safety of the person teaching someone else how to drive. Two accelerators, two brakes. Marie still thinks she's got those. It's kind of like you're always riding up the back of another car. And it's like, it's not going to help by doing that, honey. And tonight I believe that this is a prophetic word for many of us that God is shifting gears. 
here at Victory. God has taken us on a journey and it's always been impossible, but we've said yes. And I've discovered, I used it on Friday night, that there are seasons in God and there are moments where we activate a response. And four years ago, God said, you've always not wanted to take the seat because you never felt you could, but because it was me, you said yes. And so you got in the seat and your giftings have grown and your abilities have gained wisdom and you're seeing amazing things, but now I want you to get out of the seat, vacate the seat. Now it's a time where it's not about you saying yes, it's about you letting me show you what I can do. And in the last four years, we, without going into all the details, have had astronomic breakthrough. We've seen things like we could have only ever imagined to maybe see in a lifetime or two and God's began to do things and it's kind of like God saying, I'm teaching you something. Like I said this morning, there are things that God wants to use that if we don't break into it and accept it and live by it, we cannot see the promise that God has for us. You can't live a Christian life by just rocking up to church and going home and not becoming involved in flying V. You can't do an effective Christian life unless you're in partnership where when you fall, somebody is there that loves you enough to lift you. And then you're there for someone else that's fallen to lift them, to, to realise you on your own strength could never do it. And it's like, so God, you, seriously, you took all this time to get me in the seat? Now you want me out of the seat? And God says, because I want to show you. I can do in a moment what you can't do in a lifetime. And so God has taught me that I'm not to live alone and I'm here to tell you tonight, if you don't get planted in the house of God, you'll never fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Got to live in partnership. But tonight, there's another thing I've learned is that very simply, it's worship is where we win. When something happens to your Kiara, Never expected the bright one, the dancer, the potential, the, the attitude of more than enough. And then there is no hope. It's like, so what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do when you thought God was going to take you on a merry-go-round and you've ended in the darkness of a valley, a valley that you never expected to be in and you thought because God was on it, it was going to be an easy ride. You thought it was going to be just something that ticked all the boxes and you never read the Scripture like God is wanting you to read the Scripture again. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't stop and fear the evil. For I want to be your rod and your staff. I want to comfort you. I, I want to be the one that you worship. Hear me tonight, because worship is where you win. When you allow me to take the steering wheel, I'll do things. And I believe there are seasons in every one of our lives where God is going to say, you drive. And you go, I, I can't do that. And God says, no, I want you to do it. If I'm behind it, you can do it. Then God's going to say, now you get out and let me drive. But I, I, I've just got to grips with this and I can 
do what's in front of me. But worship is where you win. Come on, I'm telling you tonight. Worship is where you win. You go, what's the answer to my breakthrough? It's not fighting your addiction. It's worship. What's the answer to my darkness? It's not discovering something else that's out there. It's just worship. It's like, God, you, you're going to meet us in this place. And whether it's life or whether it's death, we've already heard the message tonight. We'll worship. We'll worship whether it works the way we want it to work or it doesn't work. And I believe that God is wanting to develop in His people a core strength. It's kind of like we're not just people that are kind of up when it's up. No, we're up when it's down. We're not just people that are there when it works for us. It's kind of, no, it's more than that. It's, it's the ability. We hear a lot, I do a lot of leadership training. We need culture. We need values. But I'm discovering we need core strength. Core strength is when you know what you serve. You know who He is. You know where to go to. You know when it's good, you can worship. You know when it's bad, you can worship. You know when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard. You know that you serve a God that's incredibly amazing. You know that when you worship, that's where you begin to win. And I believe that God is looking for a shift in who we are, that we as God's kids will begin to live with the right internal rhythms. It's another valley. It's another thing I didn't expect. But as I come through this valley, I, I'm going to go through. How do I go through? It's because I worship in the valley. I worship in the darkness. I worship in the things I've got to carry that other people don't seem to have to carry. Did a little bit of research about what happens if you have an irregular or out of rhythm heartbeat. It's called arrhythmia. And it's when the heart or the core is out of normal rhythm. And it creates heart disease, heart attack, and even an imbalance of electrolytes. And if your heart is not in the right kind of rhythm, the symptoms are you live with shortness of breath. You become weak, you become lightheaded. Sounds like a lot of Christians to me, to be honest. Come on, people that faint quickly have chest pains. Give way to death and... Have things, and I felt like God saying, we, we need a generation that aren't just going to live by what's happening around them. They're living by who they're living for. They're going to worship. They're going to get the rhythms of worship. They're going to begin to praise God in the great breakthroughs and in the great challenges. So many times we live outside the lines. And for me, I have just found myself personally, and I think our church is on this pilgrimage, that we're discovering worship is where we win. Tonight, you imagine if by the end of tonight, you could stand up and say, yeah, this has been the worst season in my life. But what a great opportunity it is to worship the God who meets us in all seasons. And I, and I love what Pastor Richard said. It's kind of like for us, it's, we're seeing a miracle. Not everybody gets that miracle. What I honor are people that don't see the outcome. Part of the he Hebrews 11 Heroes of faith that in their time never saw it, but they worshipped. 
They just worshipped and tonight maybe it's a simple message. God wants you to worship your way through it. Not conditional on your outcome, but on the wonder that He's worthy to be worshipped. And a couple of the things about worship is worship is where we win and worship, this is what worship does. Firstly, it establishes honour. It's kind of like when I worship, I go, God, you are the greatest God. You are the one. And so I'm going to honour you as you. I'm not just going to honour you for what you bring or don't bring. I'm just going to learn to worship you. In the tough times, I'm just going to praise you with my whole heart. I'm going to lift you up. I mentioned Abraham. I don't know if we really understand, but Abraham in Genesis 22, God's wanting the most precious thing that he has. It's kind of like the only child. It's the child he's had to fight for, believe for. And the Bible says on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place that God said afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, get this, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. If you know the story, this was a moment of laying down Isaac. We will go and worship because you're God. And then he says, because we worship, we're going to be free to come back. Some of us need to come back from the most horrible things we've been through. The answer is not trying to fix it all up. The answer is to honour the God that can lift us through the mire, through the disappointment. It's kind of like, what is our go-to? It's like, well, God, if you do all these things, then I'm going to be free. And God says, no. When you learn to honour me as God, I've, I'm the I am, I'm the... I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, I'm not the fix-up. God, I'm not the God that just wants to be come to every time we're going to need. I want you to honour me. I want you to worship me. I want you to lift me up. I've come to realise in a growing capacity that I live under the authority of Yahweh. I had a melanoma and the number one specialist in New Zealand says, my opinion on your melanoma is that it'll be right through your body. And I had two weeks where we didn't know if I was going to live or die. And Marie and I had some real moments. And it was like, well, God, I've had a great life and I'm a believer. But if this is it, I'm ready to go. I want to stay, but I'm ready to go. Because you're God and you don't make bad things happen, but... If you choose that it's time to go, then I've just got to accept that. And my whole attitude began to change because he's my designer. He knows best. And 1 Samuel 3 and verse 20 says, you realize those that honor me, I will honor. Worship is about honor. It's about lifting God. And I suppose it happened for me when I was a teenager. I was in a great church like this, but I had a whole lot of friends compromising and I was in a service, I still remember to this day the clarity as I was just talking to God as the things were going on. I go, God, I'm being pulled one way. But if you're God, then I'm all in. I said, you're God. It's not a circumstantial decision. You're God, I'm all in. Today I'm here because I chose to honor God in the things I understand and don't understand. And God is at that point where he wants to be praised. And 1 Chronicles 16, 25, the Lord is great. I want you to hear this. 
He's not just on your terms or my terms. He's the great I am God. The Bible says He is greatly to be praised. He's the God that is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. And I got stuck on this verse, verse 27. Honour and majesty are before Him. Again, if I could just do a little bit of teaching tonight, it would be like this. Until you honour, you don't create a pathway of His unboundless ability to come your way. Honour and majesty are before Him. The moment I begin to honour Him through worship, I begin to break open His power to take over the plan of the enemy. As I honour Him when I can't see it, and then it says strength and gladness are in this place. In the place of honour comes strength and gladness and the wonder of God. And I believe when we elevate God through honour and worship, this is what I believe. We deny the enemy his platform for attack. And it could be just simply tonight that God's saying, would you honour me with worship? Because worship is where you win. Worship is where, I don't feel like worship. Who ever said you had to feel like worship? Worship is where you win. Come on, worship is where you have your lean in. Worship is where things begin to change. I think secondly, worship focuses self-surrender. As you begin to worship, as I begin to worship God, self is put into its place. Self is restricted because I'm saying, hey, this battle with self I've got as I worship, I'm bowing down to who God is. I'm not bowing down to who I am. And from the beginning of time, we don't need to go there, but Lucifer even a created being by God who was the one that was entrusted with worship. Remember that he began to self-glorify and he began to say, no, 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 you need to worship me. Five times he said, I will, I will, I will, I will. And God said, that's enough. You've lost the art of worship to me and self has become the center. He was cast down and today we're in a place where You know, everything else wants to be worshipped. I was saying to one or two people, it's amazing. When I grew up in school, people said there's no such thing as God. And yet creation displays there is a designer. They said, no, 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 no. We were all monkeys and everything happened with a big bang. You need more faith to believe in that than you do to believe in creation, that there was a designer that put tension and things together. And yet we were taught there's, there's no such thing as a God to be worshipped. No science is what it is. You, 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 there's evolution today. You know what our kids are being taught? There's no science. It's all about you. You know, if you're born with a plumbing, that doesn't mean that's who you are. You are what you feel you are. And so today, self-worship is on an all-time high. I get to decide who I am. I'm telling you, you go down that track, you will never find the wonder of your designer and your breakthrough in the things of God. And God wants us to realise He takes us as we are and He begins to align us and worship is about honouring Him and clearing the path so that His power and His authority can break through. And worship is also about putting yourself into the right place. I think we've got more self-worship today than ever before. I'll do what I want. You can do that. God's not going to make you do anything else. But as long as you worship self, that will become the limitation of your future. I love this great man of God, Jack Hayford. 
who spent a life honoring God, a great pastor in the States, he said this, worship changes the worshiper into the image of the one worshipped. You keep worshipping yourself. Then that's what you'll become. Hey, listen, you keep worshipping. You don't think you're doing that, but worshipping what hasn't gone right, then that's what will dominate you for the rest of your life. But if you begin to worship, then self begins to let go. And God begins to get glorified. In the Bible, there were two gardens. One of the gardens was the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus, the Son of God, was about to take on your sin and my sin so that we could know what it is to have a relationship with a righteous God. That we could know Him personally, not just for a few, but all of us could have access. And you know what Jesus did, don't you, in Gethsemane? He said, Father, this is too hard for me. But he began to worship and he said, not my will, but yours be done. It's not about me. It's not about what I've been through. It's about who you are. And I want to honor you, Father. But there was a second garden. The second garden was the Garden of Eden, which this transpired before Gethsemane. And it's Abraham, sorry, Adam and Eve that are in the Garden of Eden. They didn't respond with, not my will, but yours. They responded, not your will, but mine. And tonight, I, I suppose I just, I want to bring something that brings a shift. It's not about you, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not about your will. It's about, come on, we're in a day where God wants to move powerfully. Here at Victory Church, we're a church that's not here just to say, hey, we've got a big crowd. And man, we had a great sing song we're here about bringing a change to a world that's crying out is there a god and so we're people that pay the cost of partnership we're people that embrace the cost of worship because we understand worship is where we win worship is where god's purpose is unlocked worship is where we say not my will but thine be done not like adam and eve and of course what resulted from that was catastrophic for humanity. I love again the Message Bible, 2 Samuel 22 and verse 21. It says that God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before Him. And God rewrote the texts of my life when I opened the book of my heart to His eyes. It's like God rewrote who I was when I said, okay, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to honor you. Yep. I get tough seasons. We've been through many. Even in our personal lives, our personal world, we carry a situation at present where up to this point, God hasn't stepped in like we're believing Him for. But what's the answer? Worship. Come on, what's the answer to your liberty? Worship. What's the answer when it doesn't happen the way you thought? Worship. What's the answer to when it really does happen the way you've always believed it? Worship. So that self cannot climb to the place where it takes out the purpose of God. That we would honour God rather than our own victories. That we would be in that place where He deserves the honour because honour creates a highway for Him to move. Worship is where self gets put in its place. And here's the great third thought, I think it is anyway, is that worship releases divine authority. 
Come on, when you worship, it's like, well, I'm not that kind of person. I do it quietly. No, 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 my friend. Worship releases divine authority. It's kind of like, I, I believe in a church that worships, that has a, that's why I love the young people. It's like, come on, we're all in, yeah, but they're just crazy. No, maybe they're just worshipers. Maybe the people that go, there is no other alternative around me. So I'm going to worship God. I'm going to begin to believe worship. And I believe that God wants us to be unabandoned in our worship and just settle the fact that God is God and He deserves our worship. I was with our students recently in our college and I go there a few times a year and I say, I'm not coming to preach. You get that in church. But you can ask me any question and I'll give you what answers I know and try and point you in a direction. And one of the students says, hey, Pastor Paul, just a question. Do you ever wake up on Sunday and don't feel like going to church? Say, it depends what the weather's like. What do you mean? Well, I love fishing. So if the wind's down, sun's up, fish are biting, of course I'd rather go fishing. And they looked at me in disbelief. And I said, no, I'm still human, you realize. But let me answer your question another way. And all the time I'm praying, God, give me wisdom. And this thought came into my mind. I said, here's the answer. When you remove the question, you don't have to come up with the answer. So a long time ago, it was dealt with. I go to church on Sunday. Come on, a long time ago, I decided even in my darkest valleys, I'm going to worship because worship is where you win. I'm going to, a long time ago, decide emotions, you're not going to rule me. Just because this happened, worship creates a highway. Worship honors, goes before God. Worship puts self in its right place. But worship releases divine authority. Oh, I love the fact we can have this ability to know who God is. And maybe tonight, simple message. Some of you are going to put to death the voices that continue to torment you. You've got to stop asking or trying to answer questions that you can't in this season of time. And just go, God is good. He created the world and the universe we live in. He died for us. He's coming again. And one day, as Paul writes, we will see it all clearly. When we leave this life, we worship you. We live free in you. And God, as we begin to worship, you are freed to release divine authority. I think worship sets true north, puts us in this place. Many of you know the story of Paul and Silas. Here, here we are, midnight. We're prisoned, we're chained, rats are running over us. We're surrounded by prisoners that deserve to be there. Yet at midnight, the Bible says when all the visitors have gone home and where the chains are hurting and it's cold and it's damp and it's like, well, God, I know it's not all good, but why are we here? We're, we're serving you and we're doing all this stuff and everyone else seems to be at home and we're there, not electric blankets, but hot water bottles back in those days, I suppose. It's like, well, why do I have to go through this? But they didn't stop there. They realized that worship unlocked the authority of heaven. So at midnight, what do they do? They begin to sing. They begin to worship and they go, worship releases the authority of God. And the Bible says that underneath the voice 
There was a shaking of the earth. There was a, a crack from heaven that was released. And what happens, the chains came off, but the story is so rich because it wasn't just their chains, because of their worship, everybody that was chained. And I think sometimes God allows the enemy license to put things in our lives that we don't deserve and we don't understand. But He's trying to teach us that if we understood that worship is where we win, that our chains would come off. And not only our chains, but the chains of a society would be broken because we learned to worship why we were chained. We learned to worship why we couldn't understand. We learned to lift God. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake and the foundation of the prison was shaken. I love this. And immediately all the doors were open. Oh. How do I break through worship? How do I get through worship? How do I really find my way? It's like worship. We only saw a part of Pastor Richard and Jackie's story. The devastation, the, the extreme emotions. But now to be in a place where it's not all over, but it's like, God, we're going to worship. <laughs> do we feel like worship? Not all the time, but we're going to worship. I'm going to worship my way through it. When we go through the valley, I'm going to worship. Come on, I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. I said, I'm going to worship. And some of you are going, yeah, but you don't understand my pain. No, I don't. But God does. And God says, if you honor me with worship, if you begin to worship, then self will begin to be positioned where it needs to be. And worship is going to bring an authority of breakthrough. Some of you may have heard the story. I don't know if I've told it here or not, but years ago we had some Asian in our church, the Asian ministry said, Pastor, we've got a 10-year celebration. Would you come along? I said, when is it? Friday night. I said, you need to give me more warning. I just can't do everything. I'd love to be there. Then they said, but we know you love Asian food. I said, I'll be there. <laughs> Friday night is at what time? We'll change everything. And, and uh, many of the Asian people are very respectful people. And uh, the night kicked off and they began to celebrate. And every time they had a victory, they wanted to celebrate. They just all stood to their feet, fairly conservative MC, and they lifted their orange juice or their glasses, and they said these words, yum sing. And I go, what's this yum sing? And the night unfolded, and let's celebrate something else, and they go, yum sing. By about an hour into it, it wasn't just yum sing, but it was yum sing. And I'm going to the person next to me, man, they don't get this excited in church. What's the yum sing? He said, well, it's an ancient Chinese warrior tradition before they went to war. They would stand together and they would be led. And somebody would say, yum sing. And everybody would go, yum sing. I said, yeah, but what does it mean? He said, it simply means this, victory is ours. Come on, victory is ours. Yeah, but pastor, what's happening in society? Yum, say. But pastor, why did I have to go through that? Yum, say. But pastor, that changed. I didn't want that to change. I'm out. No. Yum, say. Your chains will come off. The chains of other people will come off. Come on, someone stand to their feet. Put your hands together and begin to praise God for a moment. Begin to lift your hands. Begin to lift your heart. Come on, just say, God, tonight, we're celebrating 25 years.
But even in the valley, we're going to worship. We're going to praise you. We're going to lift your name and exalt you, God, in the name of Jesus. I want you to sing. Come on, with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 